Welcome to The Green Tunnel, a podcast on the history of the Appalachian Trail. My name is Mills Kelly, and I'm your host. Today we're doing something a little different. We're headed to Florida. I mean, who doesn't want to go to Florida in the summer? Now, I know the AT doesn't run through Florida, but the state has a lot of great trails, including the Florida Trail. And one of the best ways for you to learn about the FT, not the AT, is by listening to Orange Blaze. This podcast highlights the experience of hikers along the Florida Trail and is hosted by Misty Ridley Little, who through hiked the AT with her husband. The FT is about 1,500 miles long and runs across Florida from Big Cypress National Preserve in the south to the Gulf Islands National Seashore in the western end of Florida's panhandle. In this episode, Misty talks with Johnny Malloy, who is the author of more than 80 books, many of which are trail guides. They discuss his FT thru-hike and his life, which involves spending a lot of time camping and writing books. I hope you enjoy this episode, and we'll check out other episodes of Orange Blaze. You're listening to Orange Blaze, a Florida Trail podcast. I always like to jump in the creek and, and uh, uh, I'll do that. I, I have some odd practices or some n- not normal. I don't treat my water. I just drink it everywhere. Um, and so consider it do as I say and not as I do advice. <laughs> <laughs> but I just drink the water. Um, I mainly sleep out unless I absolutely have to have some kind of covering. Now, in Florida, a lot of times when it's warm, you got to battle the mosquitoes. So you've got to have at least a screen shelter. One thing about my my through hike of the Florida Trail was I took a chance. I just used a little netting, screen netting with no hiking poles, no, uh, just the netting that went into a ball about the size of a a water bottle and then for my shelter I used nothing but a poncho and I made it the whole way wow yeah welcome back to a fresh season of the podcast I'm your host Misty Ridley Little and that was Johnny Malloy Johnny is the author of more than 80 books many of them are trail guides to various regions in the United States but he's written several memoirs as well including his Florida Trail memoir hiking the Florida Trail 1100 miles 78 days two pairs of boots and one heck of an adventure about his 2006 through hike in this episode, Johnny and I chat about his thru-hike, but also about how he crafted a life that involves spending a lot of time camping, being outdoors, while writing books as well. He's got a lot of wisdom from those years outside, and I don't think it will escape any hiking or nature enthusiast who finds themselves rearranging their life to spend more time outdoors. I'm excited for this fresh new season and look forward to sharing a lot of new conversations as the coming months go by. All right, on to this episode with Johnny. All right. Well, thank you, Johnny, for coming on the Orange Place podcast tonight. Um, maybe if you could take a little bit of time to introduce yourself, who you are and where you're from. Um, you know, folks may or may not have read your Florida Trail book, um, but there's a good chance uh, out of all the things you've written, that they've read one of your other books. Um, so maybe, yeah, just start from there and uh, introduce yourself a little bit. Well, good. <clears throat> I'm Johnny Malloy, an outdoor writer based in Johnson City, Tennessee. And uh, the outdoors is my life. And I've turned it into a career. I've been very blessed in that. 
And I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, a complete flatlander who never camped out a day in my life. And then I moved to Knoxville, Tennessee to go to the University of Tennessee. And I met a guy there who liked backpacking. And right next to Knoxville is Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And he took me backpacking one time and I thought it was the greatest thing that I've ever done. And uh, here we are uh, four decades later and I went backpacking three days ago. Yeah, you uh, you definitely get out and about, that is for sure, <laughs> whether it's just for fun or for any of your work projects. Um, so, I mean, how, so you got into hiking by going out with a friend in college, but how did you get into, were you always a writer or did you get into the writing nope. part of that I later? Gra- I graduated with a, a degree in economics from the University of Tennessee, and I became kind of a backpacking bum, kind of like a ski bum. Mm-hmm. And I just back, I bartended on Friday and Saturday night, and then I backpacked during the week. And over a period of time, I accumulated over 400 nights backpacked in the Smoky Mountains National Park. And a friend of mine who actually had a writing degree said, you ought to write a book about your adventures, and I'll help you. And I actually took out a pen and paper and wrote it by longhand, and he typed it for me, and we uh, got this book together, and this was before the internet, so I just went to some bookstores and found some addresses and sent off a query letter uh, saying, uh, I have an adventure story book about the Smokies, my backpacks in the Smokies, and lo and behold, one publisher said, yeah, we're interested in that type of memoir book, And another publisher said, we're not interested in your memoir book, but based on your experience and uh, writing ability, would you write a hiking guide to the Smokies? So I got two books with one query letter, which is almost unheard of. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) So so then I I got a a contract for, for a book and I took it to the bank. And I got one of these newfangled laptop computers and (laughs) borrowed the money from the bank and then wrote the book on this computer, rewrote it again, you know, cleaned it up and all that, turned it in, did a good job. And my first book came out in 1995. And now I've got over 80 books uh, in public uh, published. Wow. Wow. And so is that first book, is that still in print or could we find it? Sure enough. Yeah. Uh, They actually reissued a 20th anniversary edition. It's called Trial by Trail. It's true adventures in the Smokies that uh, also woven in with Smokies lore and backpacking tips. And uh, speaking of backpacking tips, interestingly, I just turned in a book called Backpacking Florida where I've got 40 different backpacking adventures in the Sunshine State. And woven into that are uh, backpacking how-to and stuff like that, how-to things, along with the where-to for this Backpack in Florida book. Yeah, wow. Well, I'm going to definitely have to find that first book because I'm very intrigued. And I I like to read older memoirs just to get a feel of how things were before there was like crowds. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. At that time, because it does capture a moment in time, the the world of the park and the outdoors and this, the mindset of the people and, and my own viewpoints of that, uh, 
of that time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's cool. We could talk about that upcoming book towards the end when we get to your other projects that you've got on the agenda. But so, you know, you said you spend, you know, a ton of time outdoors every year. Um, and I think you have it kind of cataloged on your website, but maybe it's changed. But what's the most recent tally of nights in the outdoors? Well, I've averaged uh, over 150 nights a year camping out for the past 30 straight years. So that's, uh, you know, over 4,500 nights camped out. Uh, <clears throat> that includes backpacking, canoe camping, car camping, working on a book camping. And uh, I've, I've stuck with that. And it's been just such a blessing. You know, people say, have you seen that movie? Have you seen this show? Have you done? And even when I say to them, you would not believe the sights in nature that I have seen that you've got to go experience firsthand to truly uh, appreciate. Right. Now, do you have any favorite places? I mean, you live near the Spokey, so I'm sure you get down there quite often, but is that one of your favorite places to go or are there some other places that you really like to get to every year? Well, if I did have another favorite place, I wouldn't tell you. (laughs) The the Smokies is the greatest of the greatest. And I've, I've been blessed to backpack to over 800 nights just in that park and just was up in the Smokies uh, last week backpacking. It is a gorgeous place. Uh, Florida has a lot of great places. I've spent the better part of 25 straight winters in Florida camping out the whole time, exploring it. Um, A few other great places that I really like, Shenandoah National Park in Virginia, the Ozarks, great for hiking and canoeing, and also the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, I've been up there like uh, 16 times, and uh, that was the longest trip of my life. We Two years ago, we went for a, a 21-day trip through there. Yeah, that's on my high on my list of places I want to get to at some point. <laughs> Logistically, I've got to get up there, and uh, yeah, but I would love to explore that area I know it's becoming a little more popular but it's still kind of out of a way enough that I think it's pretty quiet has that been your experience uh you know it's just like anywhere there's busy places and there's quiet places the harder the harder you want to work the more solitude you can find right but the bottom but the bottom line is this life is for living and adventures are for having I like that motto (laughs) so you do a lot of short trips, but, and I know the Florida trail you've through hiked it, but are there any other like through hikes that you've done, or you've done some long distance paddling as well. What are some of those memorable trips? Well, I, I paddled from the Okefenokee swamp in Georgia down the Suwannee river and all the way to the keys in Florida one time. Oh, that's cool. So that was fun. And wrote a book about it. And it's a, about Florida's history. And I'll also have did a complete, rafting trip through the entirety of the Grand Canyon. Uh, That was also three weeks. That was a lot of fun. Um, And backpacking, I through-hiked the Shiltowie Trace in Kentucky. Um, And that's it for long trails as far as continuous hikes. Yeah. Do you you have any desire to do any long distance like through-hikes like that? Or is that not really your speed? I would. No, I would. Uh, 
this is writing these outdoor guides is my one and only job. So I like to go where the books take me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, so I feel blessed beyond measure that I actually get paid to do what I love for a living. And if somebody wants to pay me to hike a long trail, then I'll do it. <laughs> right, right, right. So you go where you can make the income, but also be outside enjoying life as well. So I understand. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like last summer, uh, <clears throat> I did it, wrote this book called uh, Hike in the Berkshires, hmm. so a mountain range in Western Massachusetts. And mm-hmm. it was just beautiful. You get to spend the summer up there camping out, hiking and uh, just enjoying the the sights and the people and everything. And then <clears throat> I'm in the middle of working on another book called Hike in New Jersey. Hmm. And that's what I said. Huh? <laughs> uh, some guys had uh, written the book, but they didn't want to update it. So I just did a complete new redo of the book. And I can tell you that hiking in New Jersey is a lot better than what a lot of people may think. I've been happily surprised. I've uh, done half the book last fall and then I'm going ahead this spring and doing doing it the other half of the book and uh, that proves the adage that everywhere is beautiful you just got to know where to look yeah that's what, I, that's what I do I help I help people find the place the beautiful places because they're busy in their lives and I hopefully will save them the trouble of making the mistakes and going to the wrong places and get them steered on the right places. Yeah, the, the New Jersey segment of the Appalachian Trail was definitely much prettier than I imagined when, you know, we through hiked the Appalachian Trail. When I got there, I was like, wow, this place is really pretty amazing. And it's probably one of my favorite sections of that mid-Atlantic area for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, that Delaware Water Gap National Recreation Area uh, <clears throat> has that... Uh, that segment of the Appalachian Trail and a lot of connectors. And it was a, it's a really good area, you know, just because of the highest point. It, one thing is that when people talk about backpacking, they almost always think it's gotta be mountain backpacking. Yeah. Really, you're, you're only limiting your own self by saying, I gotta hike only in the mountains. Because if everywhere looked like East Tennessee, then nowhere else would be special. So we're glad that everywhere looks different. Right. Now, what does it take to, to write these books? I mean, I'm sure you've, you've 80 books down, you probably have a format ready, but I don't know. I don't know if they vary by publisher at all. Um, so maybe your formats have to change, but do you have it down pretty easily? Yeah. I mean, mean, do you go like, do you interview people when you're going out or is it just you hiking and you're scouting and and looking to see what's available in towns for discernment? Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I do is just uh, try to kind of uh, peruse all the possible sources of the best hikes for an area and then kind of gather a master list of potential hikes. And then I literally go out and hike them. And that's the, the reason I do what I do is so I can do what I do <laughs> and uh, uh, get up there and, and uh, take the notes and uh, photographs and uh, GPS for maps and such. But really the key to what I do is um, I'm, I'm accurate and I'm timely and I give the publisher and the reader what they want. I think about what would I want to know about this hike if I were the guy going on it. 
or the girl going on it. And what would I want to know? Was this a good hike? Because see, the thing is, people are betting their time and their money that Johnny Malloy knows what he's talking about. And I, I, and I think about that all the time. And I want to give them the experience they desire and uh, let them make the most of their precious time. Right. Has there been any place that you've gone that maybe you went in with some preconceived notion of it not being great and then came out? We're like, oh, my gosh, this is a really great trail. <laughs> like any hidden gems out there that you've come across? Yeah. Uh, well, I wrote a book called Hiking Waterfalls in Pennsylvania. And I didn't think I, I didn't think the waterfalls or the woods and stuff was going to be that good. And I was completely wrong. In fact, the Delaware Water Gap National Recreation Area, the Delaware River divides New Jersey from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And on the Pennsylvania side are some gigantic, beautiful waterfalls that make great hiking destinations. And uh, the, the, they've got a lot of large backcountry areas in Pennsylvania, not like the giant national forests they got around here, like Cherokee National Forest and mm-hmm. Pisgah and the Nantahala. I mean, there's a million, over a million acres of national forest within 100 miles of Johnson City, Tennessee. Where mm-hmm. But yet they have in Pennsylvania a lot of large hiking, uh, hiking areas and backpacking and uh, a significant segment of the Appalachian Trail. So was it um, your, for your, for your through hike on the Florida Trail, was it a a field guide that brought you there to through hike it or was that something you just had on your list you're like i'm gonna go through hike it i've got some time well, um when i first got into this book writing business and he, actually even before that uh if you've backpacked a lot in the winter in the smoky mountains national park it's very challenging mm-hmm. and so i was just flipped through a uh, an atlas and i saw looked down and saw florida and i saw these big giant splotches of green national forests and national parks and stuff so I said why not go down there and so I convinced a publisher to uh to let me do a book down there and then that book led to another book and it led to uh, a bunch of books and so I was spending the winters down in Florida Paddler's Guide to Everglades National Park and so forth and I thought how can I spend another winter in Florida and get paid for it and so that I did. And I proposed to the University Press of Florida to write a, an adventure story book about through hiking the Florida Trail. And nobody would written one. And I'm sure you're familiar with all the uh, memoir type books about mm-hmm. the Appalachian Trail, but nobody done one about the Florida Trail. And I think yours is still the first, yours is, was the first book that was ever published, right? Yep. And yeah. the, the only one that I know of. But um, so so I got a contract for that. And the next thing I know, somebody was dropping me off at the at the trailhead. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and you said you'd already you'd done some stuff in Florida, but were you that familiar with the Florida Trail at all? Did you do? Yes, I was very familiar with it. I backpacked a bunch of it. Okay, uh, I've hiked it. Uh, I did a book called The Hiking Trails of Florida's National Forest Parks and Preserves. So I've hiked every trail in Florida's national forests. Oh, uh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Some people think it is, you know, I mean, 
I love it. I love that kind of stuff. I mean, I just uh, love being outside. So Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool because you go to these more obscure trails that people aren't necessarily going out to and you know some of them are harder to get to than than others and you know some may or may not have something interesting on them they're just a nice trail but they may not have anything that the general public always wants to see but i think it's cool that you've done all of them yeah and and uh so i was familiar with the florida trail and so uh, there I found myself on uh, Loop Road down there in the Big Cypress National Preserve, which I believe has the most unique backpacking in the lower 48, by the way. Um, there's a lot of aspects of the Florida Trail that are unique that people don't give it credit for. It's really, uh, I was reminded of that working on this Backpack in Florida book, but there I was uh, on Loop Road. Now they've moved the beginning of the Florida Trail a few miles north of the U.S. 41 mm-hmm. Visitor Center. But at that time, there I stood, and I was kind of nervous. My friends dropped me off, and I was standing there just kind of getting my mojo together. And then this guy comes up to me and says, excuse me, did one of you drop this? And it was my wallet. It had oh, like no. 500 bucks in it. <laughs> so that was a, a pretty odd start to the thing, but. Uh, then after that, it was just a beautiful experience, and it really uh, 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 affected. It did affect my life um, after through hiking the Florida Trail. That I just realized that nature is the the manifestation, the physical, visible manifestation of God's glory, and from beginning to end, I saw it. And uh, I, I really recommitted my life to God af- after that hike was over. Hmm. Now, at, when you're there at the beginning of Trail of Loop Road and you hiked this trail in 2006, I mean, what was it like hiking back then? I hiked it in 2011, so it was still before social media and this current um more popularity of the Florida Trail in the last five years. So it was still pretty quiet when I hiked it, but I can imagine in 2006, it was even more quiet. Were you, were you excited about that quietness? Was it still a little like yes. curious? Well, <laughs> well to, to contrast, the, the, the hike in the Appalachian Trail has become a complete social experience. People who are, uh, don't know each other beforehand but by the whims of who knows what, they all end up on the same spot of the same trail at the same time, and they begin to know, meet one another, and then they begin to walk together, and then it becomes a rolling social experience. Unlike, a, a lot of people are, are aware of that now, but it used to be people used to think they're out there going to be in nature all the time, and, and, uh, but it's not that way. However, the Florida Trail out of 78 days, I camped with people I did not know twice. And, and that was just a fluke that I was even camped with them. So if you're a person who's truly looking for solitude and truly looking to reconnect with nature on nature's terms and, and uh, the Florida Trail is a superior experience to the Appalachian Trail, even though there's more road walking and there's Probably there was probably more road walking in 2006 than before, but yet, if you really want to 
be out in nature on your own Florida trail delivers. Well, and you mentioned the road walks. I wanted to ask about trail conditions at that time. Um, because yeah, some of the trail has been moved off of the roadwalks, but I imagine there was definitely more than, and I mean, was it, was it maintained well back then? And, you know, what was going through your mind as you're walking through, through this trail up from Big Cypress to, um, the Alabama border? Well, uh, really, uh, it was just as wet <laughs> as it <laughs> yeah. is now. So, um, really it was in fine shape. And, and if I think I would even say that the um, not the, the kind of roadwalk type places were better blazed than they are now, because then there weren't as much instruction as to what to do if you were not in the backcountry. Right. And you just had to follow the blazes and hope for the best. Now right. everybody can whip out their phone and do this and that and don't even really need a blaze. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even use it. We used old school maps for our hike too. There were plenty of times we had to dig our maps out and be like, okay, I haven't seen a blaze in like half a mile. Yeah, <laughs> Did we miss yeah. something? <laughs> yeah. So, but, but, uh, you know, I was familiar enough with, uh, the, the big, what I call the big four areas of the Florida trail, which I, uh, included in this backpack in Florida book are the big Cypress national preserve. Again, there's nowhere else like, okay. Say if you're hiking in the Smoky mountains national park, it's more like Shenandoah national park than it is unlike Shenandoah national park. The big Cypress national preserve is unlike anywhere. Right. And, uh, the backpack in there, I mean, it's just so much fun and so beautiful and it's challenging. And, um, uh, you really got to have your, your, uh, your stuff together. And when you're hiking through the water for mile after mile after mile, it, the, here's the saying, as mountains are to the Appalachians, water is to the Florida trail. As yep. mountains are to the Appalachian <laughs> trail, water is to the Florida trail. And so you get it in spades in the Big Cypress. And then the Ocala National Forest, another superlative, superior, the world's largest sand pine scrub forest on the planet. And you can hike for 67 miles on the Florida Trail through that. And I just love that place and the smell, the sights, the feel, everything about it. And then the third big one is hiking the Florida Trail along the Suwannee River, which the Suwannee River is Florida's contribution to great rivers of the world. And you get to hike along it and just the, the biodiversity, the sandbars, the tannic streams, the towering trees, uh, I just did that. I just did an 82-mile hike in, uh, in January along that. That was one of the final hikes for my Backpack in Florida book. And then the fourth of the big four is the Apalachicola National Forest, and it's got about a 60-mile segment of the Florida Trail. The Apalachicola National Forest is a very unforgiving place. It, is not care it doesn't care if you're there. It doesn't care if you're not there. 
it gives no quarter. <laughs> and it is just a, it, it is starkly beautiful, yet um, has its own challenges. And uh, I think it's one of my, one of my favorite places to, to go. And I go there for a period of time every winter. Yeah, people yeah. get out of Big Cypress and think, okay, well, I'm mostly done with the, the water. And then Apalachicola really throws it back at you. <laughs> it absolutely does. The, the infamous Bradwell Bay. I took a buddy of mine from East Tennessee down there, and we went through the Bradwell Bay, and it was really hot water. And it was he could not believe it. And, I mean, he was just in shock, even though I tried to tell him, and it was high water. And I mean, it was just unbelievable. But you know what? Um, he'll never forget it. If you do the same old thing over and over and you don't experience new places and, and new settings, then uh, you won't make memories as good as you do when you go new places. Right. Absolutely. Now, I think you hiked with some friends when you first started a little bit. Do they ever get to join? And it, like I said, it's been a few years since I read your book and I'm trying to refresh my memory on some of it, but I didn't know if they came back out to hike with you other times on the Florida trail or if they've been back out since, since your hike on the Florida trail. <laughs> one guy, one guy did join me a couple of times. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, two guys went with me right, right off the bat in the big Cypress and they, they lived in Miami and they were, they'd heard of the legendary big Cypress. But it was funny because they were trying to, at the same time, they were trying to uh, section hike the Appalachian Trail. Oh, okay. And they always, they talk up these big long stories about challenging tracks uh, up in this neck of the woods. But this one guy, I mean, it just flat out kicked him, the big cypress. But that's that's part of it. You know, if we're not Part of what I love about my job is the physical challenge. It's, it, there's not a whole lot of jobs where you got a lot of physical challenge and a lot of mental challenge. The physical challenge being the actual hiking, the mental challenge being the writing part. Because just in the past uh, couple of years, I did also backpack in Tennessee, which has almost 700 miles of uh, backpacking in it. Oh, wow. And, uh, the Florida backpacking book has over 600, as does a book I wrote that came out a few years ago called Backpack in Virginia. And the fact is, backpacking is a very challenging thing. And if you're pain averse, you're not going to like it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yep. I, I was actually out on the trail, on the Lone Star Trail this weekend, uh, did an overnight with my niece and her scout troop. And my feet are feeling it because it's been a few months since I've been on the trail again. And so I'm definitely feeling the pain, but I'm also feeling like I could have gone for several more days out there <laughs> and sucked you. it up I, and done it. <laughs> I've always wanted to get on that trail, but you know, the, the only thing worse than being sore from doing it is not having done it at all. Absolutely. I agree. So that's, I just want to encourage anybody that's listening here to, to there's a, there, there isn't always tomorrow, you know, that you, you, we put off things and we put off things and we put off things. I have been an outdoor enthusiast for nearly 40 years and I've been self-employed. 
I've been able to do what I want, when I want, how I want, and even I cannot do it all. So I encourage you to follow whatever dreams you may have in the outdoor. Just you, you got to make it happen. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've been coming up with a list of things I want to get done this spring, and I know I don't know if I'm going to be able to get all, all the cool places I want to see in East Texas, uh, but I'm going to try. <laughs> Absolutely. So how long is that, that in that Lone, Lone Star Trail? Is it 128 miles or something like that? Um, I think it's like somewhere between 90 and 100, and there's some like side trails okay. um, uh, involved in it. And um it's I, I've done many sections, but we've never pieced the whole thing together. And that's something I want to do is piece the whole thing together. Um, and there's a few roadwalks, but it's not terrible. Uh, it's mostly rural, rural uh, areas. Um, but it's nice. The, the west side of the trail is very different from the east side. Uh, forest habitats change. It's cool. It's, it's easy access from Houston and, and uh, this area. So it's a good place for people to escape to. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. I wish I wish Texas had more trails like that, but we're lacking in a lot of public land space. <laughs> yep. Yep. So that's why I was saying how blessed I am to have, you know, I can go, uh, the Appalachian Trail is, uh, I can get to multiple trailheads within 20 miles of my house. And that, like I said, that millions of acres of national forest land just within quick shooting distance of, my, of myself and um, that's why, you know, most of the books, I've written books covering all or parts of 26 states. But if you imagine the 11 former Confederate states in the Southeast, that's where most of my books have been. And what it, what it amounts to is I'm also not only just writing it once, but I'm updating. Like I've got a, a, a book, 50 Hikes in the North Georgia Mountains. I'm working on the fourth update of that right now, the fourth edition. And uh, so I get to revisit places, and that's a lot of fun. Fixing to do a book, uh, a redo a book uh, at uh, New River Gorge National Park. It's a national park now, so hmm. that's going to be a lot of fun this summer. Um, now, on your Florida trail hike or any of your other trail hikes, I guess, honestly, anywhere, anywhere you've been, have you had any cool, like, wildlife sightings? I mean, sure, you've seen tons of bears and Smokies, but um any pan panthers on the florida trail or i've seen yes yeah. i have seen i've seen uh panthers twice in my life and one of them was hiking the uh florida trail around lake okeechobee oh wow I, I was with the guy and we just turned a corner and there he was and i mean i could not believe they're, they're way bigger, or it's way bigger than what I thought it would be like. And uh, yeah, that was a thrill. And I was glad to see one after seeing all those um, panther warning signs. Yeah. <laughs> and I also saw one in the Big Cypress um, another time. So, but I was in a car. But that was a lot, of, that was a thrill. But wildlife is a part of an experience. People always want to know those kind of stories. And I've had a bear step on me twice in my life. Mm. It might be my closest encounters. And they were both backpacking. I was in the Smoky Mountains National Park 
And uh, um, this is a long time ago, and they didn't have the bear. The, they, they have these food storage cables nowadays, but they didn't then. And this buddy of mine had these tomatoes that he brought. We were backpacking, <laughs> and I, 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 I came up and looked over, and that bear had grabbed the bag of tomatoes and was backing out of the campsite. And we ran him off, but he came back later on. And so I'd kind of slept near my backpack to, to alert myself as to the bear arriving. <laughs> and he stepped on me before he stepped on the backpack. <laughs> and that was crazy. And it, and it was right about dawn. So I, I didn't know what it was going on and I was asleep, but he ran off. So another time I was in uh, Virginia and it was the same thing. This food habituated bear had come to this campsite. It was in the back country, but there happened to be like two or three parties there because it was a weekend. And he literally just rained on these people. It was a, a college group that was out and just tore through their tents and everything. They'd left food everywhere. Oh man. And somehow he made his way over to me and, uh, I didn't, I'd hung my pack up by that point, but I was laying there in a sleeping bag, just sleeping out on the ground. And he was, he just stepped right on me. I don't know if he thought I was a pack or what, but uh, <laughs> and I, was zipped up in my, I was zipped up in my sleeping bag and I couldn't get my arms out and I was trying to unzip it real quick, defend myself, but I, I don't know what I could do. Yeah. I mean, that's a way to wake up, man. You're not sure yeah. if you're going to be alive very long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And, uh, but that's part of the outdoor experience is seeing uh, the fauna of all sorts. I mean, you spend enough time out there, you'll see everything. But also the flora is uh, good too. And that's another thing about the timing. You know, we all want to be where, you know, we're, we're going on spring wildflower season take some time to get out there and do it and see some uh, beautiful wildflowers and to see spring blooms of trees. I mean, the world is a beautiful place. Yeah, that's, 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 that's my list for the spring is some spring wildflowers and rare plants in East Texas that I'm, I'm trying to research and figure out exactly where they may or may not be and get out and see some of that stuff because, you know, you can read all about, them and and know that they're there but unless you go and track them down you're never gonna actually <laughs> you're never gonna see them there and and I think that's one of the cool things about hiking too is sometimes you stumble across the things that you didn't know you, the things you didn't know you didn't know that you know you come across the yeah. rare plants the interesting tidbits of um of wildlife that are living out there and, and unless you're out there hiking you don't you don't see it that's why, you know, this virtual world is um, a joke in a lot of ways because you can't, I don't, you cannot experience cold, heat, smell, sound. Uh, we were just backpacking just the other day. I was just right near my house and we're at this, we're standing on an outcrop on top of a mountain, but it rained a bunch. And while we're standing there, we could hear this waterfall falling from the top of the mountain working its way down and it was just really loud because it rained a lot and uh just 
you got to get out there to feel it. And then that evening, an incredible wind came up and I didn't have a tent or anything. I was just sleeping out on the ground and I felt like I was sleeping in front of a gigantic fan. <laughs> so, so, but you know, and, and, and it's not always pleasant, but guess what? I remember it. Well, and you appreciate coming home to a warm shower and a little bit of creature comforts more than you did if you were sensitized to it all the time. I hear you. You know, just when I was down, down in Florida, I, I finished that book up and I was down there for five straight weeks. I was down there for 35 days, hiked 280 miles and took three showers while I was down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's easy to get smelly, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? And nothing like, I, I always like to jump in the creek and, and uh, uh, I'll do that. I, I have some odd practices or some not normal i don't treat my water i just drink it everywhere um so consider it do as i say and not as i do advice (laughs) (laughs) but i just drink the water um i mainly sleep out unless i absolutely have to have some kind of covering now in florida a lot of times when it's warm you got to battle the mosquitoes so you've got to have at least a screen show one thing about my my through hike of the florida trail was i took a chance i just used a little netting screen netting with no hiking poles no uh just the netting that went into a ball about the size of a, a water bottle and then for my shelter i used nothing but a poncho and i made it the whole way wow yeah (laughs) well and i thought you didn't filter your water and i was like i maybe i'm remembering this wrong and uh because you know people get on the florida trail especially around the agricultural areas they get very squeamish about it and you know when we hiked where there was not a lot of trail angels there was nobody putting water out and now everybody Mm -hmm. puts water out and then here you are just like drinking it straight from the canal (laughs) Yeah, because you know what? A filter ain't going to get whatever somebody's scared of in a canal. I don't think a filter is going to get rid of it. You know, it's not going to get rid of fertilizer or whatever people are scared of. Yeah. I'm just kind of, I've spent so much time in the outdoors. I just kind of think, you know, try to get me sick. Try to uh, get me hurt or whatever. And it's maybe my own little myth, but... um, I'm sure you're choosy about it. You're not exactly going to filter water where cows have been waiting, you know, right. That right. sort of thing either. I'm, you're not doing that sort of thing, but I mean, you had, so you have never had Giardia or anything else. I never have. Wow. That's yep. impressive. <laughs> I hear you. I've been with three different people who did. So I, I don't know. See, when I first started going to the Smokies, the guy that, uh, took me the first time he just drank the water so I just did what he did and um so I just kind of kept it up boy it saved me a lot of trouble because I see people messing with water all the time yeah yeah well so I mean in all your trail miles and your time in Florida did you have any interesting encounters with you know people trail angels or volunteers or just you know the random folks that cross your path along your along your hikes anybody that's memorable and stands Um, out not really not like not like you think because see my experience like i was going back to that social thing see 
I'd, by the time I threw like the Florida Trail, I'd already backpacked, you know, probably 1,500 nights or something like that. So I knew what floats my boat, so to mm-hmm. speak. Most people that do these long trails, especially like Appalachian Trail through like, they mostly haven't camped that much. And so the notion of spending night after night by themselves is not a pleasant one. They're not used to silence. They're not used to uh, limited social interaction. So they seek it out and they, you know, they, 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 they band with other people. Whereas me, I was out there trying to experience Florida and not necessarily the people of Florida. Right. Right. Now to piggyback off of that a little bit is because the, the Florida trail is becoming a little more sociable. Uh, people do have tended to get into little groups of hikers and there is a much more um, detailed trail angel grouping now. And I'm sure social media helped with a lot of that. Um, but I do know there's plenty of other hikers who are like you. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Grits. Have you ever met him? I can't think of his, his, um, his uh, in real life name, but he's one of those hikers that, you know, has just a regular old cell phone, tends to steer clear from people and, if, if you know him, you know him, but if you don't, he's going to be that, that ghost on the trail that's out there hiking. And there's still, there's people that are still like you out there. And, um, yeah, you know, I, you, I appreciate all that. I hear you. You know, the thing is, if you do it, I, I don't feel a need to, to uh, uh, scream and shout what I've done, you know, that, that uh, posting something I've done is not the thrill. I don't, I don't, you know, I think a lot of people do it for, because we all want to be loved. It's a mm-hmm. fact. And uh, I'm just not one of those people who wants to. Yeah, you don't need to tell everybody. just Just for hiking a trail or, and, you know, what's really funny is, you know, the, the whole trail angel thing is funny because most of the people who are through hikers are people who have the means to do it. Mm-hmm. They don't need a trail angel. You know what I mean? It's like, why should I go cook some hamburgers for some people who already figured out how to take six months off of work and go enjoy themselves? Now, if you want to com- camaraderie with them, that's fine. But for my own self, um, I've, I've never understood that concept. Okay. All right. Now, is there a reason why you chose to finish the Florida Trail at the Alabama border instead of at Fort Pickens? Yes, uh, two reasons. Number one is um, the Blackwater River State Forest uh, is such a beautiful place. And I think it's, it, you have less road walk when you finish, you know, and now, by the way, the, uh, the Florida Trail does not exist in the Blackwater River State Forest. They have now just made one way and you just end at um, the Gulf now because they've renamed the trail. Because I just hiked the Blackwater River State Forest last month. So, but I chose it because I wanted to do the maximum backwoods hiking rather than road walking and trying to figure out where to spend the night there at the end. Yeah. 
yeah, the, that end is tricky. I think there is a campsite now on the back side of Santa Rosa Island, but, um, and we, we chose not to stay there. Uh, we, my father-in-law had come down to pick us up at the end of the trail. And so we, we had a nice hotel room that night. Um, but for, I know a lot of people who uh, I mean, get it's, stuck it's, in that area. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky area for sure. I mean, and, and honestly, that's my complaint on some various areas of the roadwalks as well. Um, there is just no safe camping. You have to do a lot of uh, stealth camping and hope nobody runs you off their private uh-huh. property. I hear you because that was another funny thing about my through hike of the Florida Trail. I didn't have a stove or anything. So if I wanted to cook or have coffee in the morning, I had to make a fire. And so that was very challenging in times and places of making a fire in kind of an odd situation like that. Yeah. So so you made a fire most times when you camped or not? Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did because I love to drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> got to boil some water in the morning to have coffee yeah uh do you still do that now do you still can't make fires or do you have a stove no i'm a fire i'm a i'm a throwback guy okay See, the the way i figured is this you know if i have to carry that stove i've got to expend a certain amount of energy carrying the stove and the fuel so instead i don't have to carry the stove and fuel and then expend twice as much energy hunting down wood. So. <laughs> right. But no, I just, I really, the atmosphere of a fire and all that kind of stuff. Right. Part of it. And just a stove is something that can break. Yeah. Well, I know some through hikers who don't even enjoy a, a nice fire at, at camp anymore. Some people are just like, they get into camp, they go to sleep, they get back up, they do the miles, but I don't know that part of the fire, you know, maybe not every night, but it's nice to have a little fire. There's something, there's something about that and camping out and having a little fire. It's part of it. You know, we've only been doing that as long as man has been in existence. Right. <laughs> so I'm not gonna, um, I'm, I, I'm certainly not going to feel guilty about making a fire. Now I know you've mentioned, you know, the big four areas that, uh, of the Florida trail, but is there any favorite sections of the trail that you go to time and time again? Yeah. Uh, beside, besides the big four, maybe besides the big four, <laughs> I go to the, uh, the Osceola national forest. I, I go there uh, repeatedly. And there's also, I'm trying to think of the, um, golly, I was just, Oh, uh, this is called bull Creek wildlife management area. Yeah. Yeah. I like that there area. Beautiful. It's got good views. You know, that's one thing that's funny about Florida, the Florida Trail, is they think you got to be standing on top of a mountain to have a good view. But actually, the, the prairies in Florida have expansive views that mountainous areas cannot compete with because they're completely different. Mm-hmm. They're not the same. And Bull Creek's are, are one of those places Three Lakes Wildlife Management Area is another place where they're, they're almost touch one another, mm-hmm. where they've got these prairies with just these great views. Yeah, and a lot of people will say Florida is their best places that they've seen sunsets, um, and I have to agree. I think it's one of the better places for sunsets, even without that big mountain view that you would expect expect for a sunset. Um, 
I don't know. The colors of the sky in the winter time in Florida are amazing. I'm with you. You know, in fact, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I wrote uh, Paddler's Guide to Everglades National Park. I've paddled in the backcountry. I've camped over 400 nights in the Everglades backcountry as well. And uh, there's nothing like being camped on an island in the Gulf of Mexico that's a national park, natural beach, unimproved works of God. And you're looking at the sunset over the Gulf of Mexico. And the next thing west would be where you're at. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there's nobody around you for 30 miles or more. Yeah. It's really cool. And, and um, you can't get that everywhere in superlative sunsets. Yeah. That is one thing I missed about, I lived in Florida for about eight years. And one thing we never did was that paddling along uh, the 10,000 islands out out there. And I kick myself for not doing it. And someday I'm going to make a trip out there just, just to do it. um, Because I know how special it is. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That is it. There's some great rivers. And additionally, uh, Florida has another uh, great paddling uh, overnight uh, canoe camping or kayak camping on the Suwannee River. You can mm-hmm. go for 200 miles and they have public lands where you can freely camp and not have to worry about somebody, you know, be it trespassing or right. something like that. And uh, yeah, there's some great uh, uh, paddling experiences in the Sunshine State. Um. So, I mean, since you get to come back to Florida and go see it all the time and with your book writing, have you noticed any significant changes to the Florida Trail or any of the other parts of Florida since your through hike? Um, the, well, I think it really, the, the Florida Trail is, is holding its own, without a doubt. And I am, but the uh, outside of the natural areas, I mean, there's just people moving in left and right. And I mean, there's building something every everywhere every road is clogged and all that kind of stuff but there's a lot of people that spend the winter down in florida yeah and and furthermore the this pandemic has awakened some people to uh just chucking it all and trying to seek their dreams and have adventures and so a lot of um a lot of areas camp campgrounds and things are really full and I, i can't blame them i'm down i'm down there camping out myself Mm -hmm. that is definitely one of the things here in texas we've had trouble getting reservations you know there for a while they were blocking it every i think you reserve up to three months in advance i think it's back to six months now um and the people in florida were also telling me just how busy you know they can't find campsites uh and places that used to be very deserted like kissimmee prairie is always full like 15 years ago I could go there and there'd be hardly anybody there and now yeah. it's packed <laughs> yeah I was just there a month ago did their they got a backpacking trail and that's that's one thing I want to add here is that Florida state parks um, they've really opened their eyes to to having backpacking options at a lot of the state parks they got mostly good campgrounds but they also have backpacking options in a lot of Florida state parks. They're not, you're not going to do but a one or two nighter on most of them, but to have that at all is a a very smart thing. And it gives people just a chance to go on a quick one night trip. There's a park near them almost anywhere in the state where they can do an overnight experience. I was going to ask, have you ever done the ocean to lake segment of the Florida trail? Yeah, twice. That's a lot of fun. 
just yet one more, um, yet one more experience where you can do a long trail in Florida. And I've also done that. You can walk all the way around Lake Okeechobee. I think it's a hundred miles. So I've done that. And um, yeah, I've done about every kind of long <laughs> venture you can do in Florida on these, in these winters. Yeah. Yeah. The ocean of Lake has I don't, almost like a cult like following the people who live in that area of the state just, they they use that trail and i'm glad i'm glad it's there but and and that it gets so much use um it's it's good to see yep now you mentioned your book that you just finished um are you working on anything else coming up in the next year or two yeah i'm uh well i'm contracted to do this finish this hike in new jersey book i'm also finishing this uh for falcon finishing this hike in kentucky book and um, contracted to update this uh, hiking guide for New River Gorge National Park. So that's what, and I'm updating, uh, I'm gonna redo the whole book, update my own book, 50 Hikes in the North Georgia Mountains. So those four will keep me plenty busy uh, in the coming, coming day, coming months. And uh, so I should be busy enough until I, it's time to go back to Florida again. Yeah. So do you plan your hikes out in advance? So you know what, what you're going to be doing in three months or. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. I mean, I know generally when I'm going to be going there, like I'm going to New Jersey at the beginning of May because these books you, for photographs, you want to have some leaf out versus barren Brown. Right. So, uh, going there in May, working on the uh, Georgia book in June, going to, uh, New River Gorge in July, and I'm doing the Kentucky kind of interspersed. I'm almost done with that book. Only got to do 12 more hikes for that book. So, yes, I do know roughly, but everything's dependent on the weather. You know, if it's going to be raining for a week, I just shift and adjust. Yeah. Now, do you um, are, do you try to? camp and do this stuff in fair weather or do you if it's going to be raining for a couple of days you go out anyway well put it this way if i'm I, i'm i'm not going back to new jersey till i mean i'm not coming back from new jersey till i'm done okay so, getting yeah. it done <laughs> yeah so you know the farther it is the less i'm going back and forth now somewhere like this kentucky book since i live in tennessee yeah it's not far so i just kind of bounce around back and forth uh and when i go up to west virginia even though it's not that far i must we're going to stay there the whole time until I'm done. Right. Now, have you done anything on the uh, mountains to sea trail? Uh, yeah. You know, I got a book coming out or it's coming out just any day now. It's called uh, uh, Camp Nest Hikes in North Carolina State Parks. And had a lot of segments of the mountains to sea trail. And also I got a hiking guide for North Carolina's National Forest, which also has a lot of segments of the mountains to sea trail. And it's funny you mention that because that is one that I would like to uh, through hike and perhaps write another memoir book. Yeah, that one always that one intrigues me a lot. I've seen, I've ha- I've interviewed a couple of people who have hiked it, and um, I, I don't know. It just seems I don't know, it seems like a really cool trail. It's a little bit a little bit Appalachians, a little bit low country, and you get to see a lot of interesting things. I think. Yep, I think it would be a good adventure. Maybe I should do it. Yeah, you should. I mean, <laughs> it's there. Get it. 
Well, I wanted to close out. Um, where can people, you know, find you online, your website? Where can they buy your books? I, I'm sure they can buy them, yeah. you know, Amazon and all of that. But I don't know yeah. if you sell them on your website or not. Well, the best place, like, since I got over 80 books covering all the parts of 27 states, uh, they're mostly regional. So the regional books, you're going to find them wherever you're at, whether it's Pennsylvania or Florida or wherever. So the best source, it really is Amazon. You just type in Johnny Malloy books and you'll have more choices. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> you have plenty of hiking to do once you get that. That's right. Um, well, do you have any final thoughts for hikers if you're heading out on the FT? I mean, you gave a lot of, I think, good advice and tidbits throughout this already, but just any advice for hikers for the Florida Trail or, or just getting out on any trails in the southeast uh just just go out there and do it and and focus on the experience and not the gear don't worry about if you don't have the right this or the right that or the best shoes or the best this you know this guy uh, there was a friend of mine he's friends with me now the very first backpacking trip he wanted to go so bad with us that he literally used a garbage bag a plastic garbage bag and slung it over his shoulder and went to the smokies with us Wow. <laughs> so so the, the point is to do it. Don't worry about the stuff. And I don't watch a video of everywhere you think you might go because it ruins the experience. Leave something for a surprise because there's nothing like when you turn that corner on a river or you climb to the top of a mountain, you see that view and you've never seen it before. But if you looked at 27 videos of it, what's the point? Right. Leave some adventure. Amen. I hear you. <laughs> it's, you know, it's easy for so many people who are researching backpacking trips and they get hung up on the gear. They get hung up on, you know, watching all these through hiker videos. I, I don't know how people have time to hike and edit videos. I have not figured that <laughs> out. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and I can't even keep up with watching them. I watch a few here and there and I'm just like, how do you have time? <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, it just, you know, there's this buddy of mine here in town. I don't, we'll plan a trip, but I can't tell him where I'm going or tell him where we're going because he'll look it up. Yeah. So, so just leave a little bit of something to chance yeah. and, and leave, let the adventure unroll before you. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk about, I don't know, this 40 years of amazing hiking and outdoor life that you've got. And hopefully you've got, I don't know, maybe 40 more years, 20 more years, 30 more years <laughs> out ahead well, of you. I hear you. As long as the good Lord will let me walk, I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. That's it for my conversation with Johnny Malloy. You can find the show notes for the episode at orangeblaze.thegardenpathpodcast.com. And you can find me on Instagram as Orange Blaze Podcast. If you haven't had a chance to leave a rating or a review on iTunes, maybe drop a five-star rating and review for the podcast when you get a chance. I would certainly appreciate it. And be sure to tell your hiking friends on the trail this season about the podcast and the Florida Trail. Until next time, happy hiking. The Green Tunnel is a production of R2 Studios at the Roy Rosenzweig Center for History and New Media at George Mason University. Jeanette Patrick and Jim Ambusky are the executive producers. Thank you to Misty Ridley Little for sharing today's episode of Orange Blaze, a Florida Trail podcast. 
At R2 Studios, we're on a mission to democratize history through podcasting, and we invite you to join us. So head to r2studios.org and click on Support Us to help us make the best history podcasts out there. That's it for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon.